This is Positively Farming Media. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. I've received a bunch of questions over the past few weeks, some as a result of recent episodes or social media posts, and some just as a matter of what time of year it is. So this is going to be a quick question and answer episode. We'll talk about whether or not market gardening is worth it, both from a personal satisfaction standpoint and from a monetary one. We'll answer the question whether or not it's too late in some areas to plant garlic, how to tell when your strawberries have gone dormant, and a very interesting tip that I learned about growing fruit trees in colder climates. You bet I'm going to be taking advantage of this little tidbit of information. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen. I started gardening years ago in a small corner of my suburban backyard, then moved to a five-acre lot outside city limits and expanded that garden to half an acre. What started as a way to provide for my family turned into a love for digging in the dirt and providing for others. Slowly, my husband and I built our small homestead into a 40-acre market farm through lots of trial and error and successes and failures. Eventually, I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture, and along the way, I discovered there is power in food. So I want to share everything I've learned with as many people as possible. This podcast is all about helping you become a better gardener and a better eater. Whether you're a seasoned gardener or have never grown a thing in your life, I want to give you the knowledge you need to get the biggest and best harvest you can. So settle in, grab that garden journal, and get ready to just grow something. So the first question that I got was after we did the market gardening episode, and the question was, do I think it's worth it? Yes, I made it sound like a difficult proposition in that episode, but it's because I really wanted those of you who were considering getting into market gardening to be prepared for everything that it takes to be a market gardener even if it's just, you know, selling the excess of what you've got. So I think when you're wondering, is it worth it when you think about all the work that goes into it, it depends on your goal. You know, your definition of whether or not it's worth it is is really dependent on what you're trying to get out of it. Um, are you just doing it be just to make a little bit extra cash? It's, it's just something on the side. Are you doing it because you have a desire to feed people? Is it just a hobby? Or are you trying to make it a main source of your family's income? Maybe it's just a way for you to connect to your community. In any of those cases, if what you do accomplishes any of the goals that you set for yourself and you're not miserable doing it, then yeah, it's worth it. To me, you know, it went from what was going to be just sort of a side hustle and turned into our main source of income. It's our livelihood and it is our lifestyle. And so, you know, it's been 15 years that I've been doing it like this and I don't think that if I didn't think it was worth it, that I would still be doing it. Is it hard? Absolutely. Does it take a lot of time? Yes, we work long hours during the busy part of the season, but we sort of make up for that in the off season when we do have more hours available to us to be able to do other things. So it sort of balances out. It's not an easy way to make money, and I don't care how much you enjoy gardening. I mean, you know, look, I do this podcast. I do garden consulting. I love gardening, and I can't imagine not doing it. But it doesn't mean that 
you know, because I love it, it's not hard. So it absolutely is worth it. Um, it just depends on what your goals are. And if you get into it and you aren't meeting those goals, or even if you are meeting those goals, it's not something that you're enjoying doing while you're meeting those goals, then no harm, no foul if you decide that you don't want to do it anymore. But if you've had even a thought that that might be something that you would be interested in trying, I would absolutely encourage you to just give it a try. See what happens that first season and then make the decision if it's worth it for you. So the second question is, is it too late to plant garlic in my area? And this was asked by somebody after I had posted a video of what I was doing to plant garlic just in this past week. Um, we had a very, very early onset of extremely cold weather. We had temperatures that were as low as 17 Fahrenheit over the night times um, for close to two weeks. And so our soil froze solid um, earlier, way earlier than it normally does. So trying to get our garlic in the ground was going to be a little bit of a challenge, but I did things a little bit differently just to be sure that I was hedging my bets and making sure that my garlic had a chance to set in before it goes into that dormant or vernalization period. So let's talk about this just a little bit. I would say if you are in zone six or warmer, you are still okay Five, you might be a little bit iffy. Um, in other places, you may need to go with a modified way of planting just to inch yourself a little bit closer to success. So if we want to review really quick, when you're planting your garlic, you know, you're planting the cloves four to six inches apart. Um, we actually planted in four foot wide beds this time with the cloves all six inches apart in the rows and in between the rows. And then we just had, you know, 18 inches, I think, between those those beds. But in any case, you're going to normally want to push each of those cloves about one to three inches into the ground and then just firm the soil in around it and then you're basically done. If you are in colder areas, you should mulch about four to six inches deep if you have hard freezes that last for a significant period of time and the ground gets frozen pretty regularly. You are trying to avoid frost heave or frost damage. But you may not have to mulch at all if you're like in a zone 7 or warmer. So here's where you have to make the decision as to whether or not you're going to be able to get garlic into the ground right now. The timing of your planting affects the garlic growth. So garlic needs temperatures around 32 Fahrenheit, as warm as about 50 Fahrenheit or between 0 and 10 Celsius to establish their roots. You'll see a lot of resources that will say, oh, it needs about two months at this temperature to establish those roots after planting. In my experience, four weeks is plenty of time, but this leads us to believe that if your ground is frozen solid already, then it's too late to plant. But remember, I just planted my garlic and my soil was basically already frozen. The key here is that that was unusual for us, and I knew that our temperatures were going to go back up again and that soil was going to thaw. Plus, I planted my garlic directly into fresh compost that had been put on top of the native soil, and this was done after it was frozen. This is how I hedged my bets. So that compost was not frozen. So this is one way that I'm just sort of beat the system because I knew we had that 
early freeze and I knew the temperatures were going to warm back up again. For example, it was 55 degrees Fahrenheit out today. So definitely warm enough for, for the, the soil to warm back up again and the garlic to do what it needs to do. Putting that compost out in a nice thick layer and pushing the garlic cloves down about five inches deep is making it to where not only do they have some soil contact below that they can go ahead and root into, but they're also sort of naturally mulched at that point too. And then I'm going to go ahead and put chopped leaves over top um, just to give it a little bit more mulch on top. But this is how I sort of beat the system right now. The other thing to remember is that hardneck garlic specifically needs a period of about four to six weeks of temperatures below 45 degrees Fahrenheit or 7.2 Celsius in order to form the bulbs. Softneck isn't as picky, but the hardneck definitely needs those, those four to six weeks of vernalization. So if you are in a very cold climate where your ground is already frozen and it looks like you're going to be staying cold for the long haul, then it is more than likely too late for you to plant garlic into the ground. But what you can do is plant your garlic in containers. And then keep those containers in a protected area that will stay just above freezing long enough for those plants to develop their roots. So about four weeks or so. And then just put them in a, in a place where the temperatures are cold enough for them to vernalize if they're hardneck or at least go dormant if they're softneck. So yes, you can plant them in containers as long as you have a way to sort of move them around and put them in an area where the temperatures are going to be ideal. Otherwise, you will need to wait until to plant until the spring, in which case your bulbs won't be as big, but at least you'll have something. Now, if you're in a slightly warmer climate like me and your ground isn't frozen yet or you have raised beds where the soil is still workable, then get those cloves in now and get them mulched. Do not wait because once it gets too cold, then we're going to be just in the same boat as our more northern friends. Now, if you are in a temperate climate um, somewhere here in the northern hemisphere that has very mild winters, you should wait until the shortest day of the year. That's usually around mid-December. I think this year it's like December 22nd. Um, and leave your garlic in the ground until the longest day of the year, about six months from then, and then go ahead and harvest. Just keep in mind that you may need to artificially vernalize your garlic by storing it in the refrigerator for about a month or so prior to you planting it out. So if you haven't done that already and you're planning to plant hardneck garlic, go ahead and put it in the fridge now. Don't be surprised if it possibly starts to sprout because you've got the humidity in there too. So even though the temperature is cold enough um, for it to vernalize, it uh, it may still try to try to root or sprout. So just do what you can with it. Softneck is more than likely going to be your better bet. But in any case, wait until really the shortest day of the year and you're going to have your best chance for it getting rooted in and, and getting those nice big bulbs. Just like everything else in gardening, we work with Mother Nature when we can and we work around her when we can't. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I told you guys all about one of my favorite gardening tools, my Hori Hori knife. And the one I swear by is from Truly Garden. They are another veteran-owned business, and they specialize in a small collection of high-quality tools for gardeners. Now you can try out Truly Garden's products and save a little coin in the process while supporting this podcast. Go to trulygarden.com and use code JUSTGROW for 10% off your first purchase. That's T-R-U-L-Y garden.com with code JUSTGROW at checkout to save 10% on your first purchase from Truly Garden. So that third question was how to tell when strawberry plants have gone dormant. And the questions regarding this came from um, several posts that I put out on social media about prepping strawberry beds for the wintertime. Um, and people are like, okay, that's great, but how do I know when they've gone dormant? Because I mentioned that you don't want to mulch or cover your strawberries prior to them going dormant because you might delay that dormancy and then you might cause those plants to actually become damaged. And this is a really good question because a lot of the time strawberry plants won't drop their leaves the first time after a hard freeze like so many other plants do. And in some areas they may not drop them at all once they've gone dormant. So how do you tell? When they go dormant depends on the temperature and the number of daylight hours in your garden. So if you are in a cold climate, the plants are going to start to go dormant when the temperatures drop well below freezing for at least several nights in a row. Usually by the time the ground has frozen solidly, um, the vegetation is going to start to look wilted or it may have distinctly different coloring than when they're actively growing. For me, our plants don't ever seem to drop their leaves in the wintertime, but the leaves do turn a red color instead of that vibrant green that they normally are. I usually count on my strawberry plants being dormant by the beginning of December, so sometime in the next week or so. Like I said, this year it's been kind of weird because we had such early cold weather, but then now again, it was 55 degrees outside again today. So I'm pretty sure they're dormant at this point. I'd be comfortable mulching them. Um, I'm going to live, wait probably another week or so just to be on the safe side, and then I'm going to go ahead and mulch them. Now, if you're in zones like seven and eight, this is going to be a little bit less important for you because you typically may not even have to mulch your plants. If you do plan to mulch them, you can usually count on your plants going dormant in December well after you have hit your Persephone period, that time when the daylight hours are below 10 hours per day and it's gotten progressively colder. Watch for those signs. Look for, you know, the the leaves to kind of, you know, shrivel and, and maybe change color a little bit. And then it should be okay for you to go ahead and mulch. Like I said, you may not need to mulch your plants if you are in those warmer zones because the likelihood of frost damage or frost heave is much lower for you. And here's a little bit of that bonus information for you that I was super excited to learn, so I figured I would share. I was listening to the Grow Guide podcast, and they are growers who are much more north than I am. They're, yeah, they're up in Canada. And on episode 146, which I will link to in the show notes, they had a guest on and the guest was talking about 
um, adding figs and lemons and olives to um, your gardens if you are a northern gardener. And they talked a lot about citrus trees, all kinds of tips and tricks for prepping the trees for um, winter dormancy, you know, citrus varieties that do well in containers and how to transition them into indoors before winter. Um, fertilizing and repotting them and, and that type of thing. But they also talked about the optimal environment for olive trees in the winter. And then they gave some tips and tricks for prepping fig trees for winter dormancy. And they were referencing back to a couple of episodes that I don't think that I've heard. And so I'm going to go listen to those. But the most interesting thing to me was how many cold climate gardeners are growing citrus and fig in the ground year round and how they overwinter them. So if you guys remember, I got those, what I called my fig twigs back in the spring, the two little cuttings of, of Chicago hardy fig that were just stuck in these, you know, containers. And I brought them home and I stuck them in the greenhouse because I had no plan for them. I didn't know where I was going to put them or what I was going to do with them. And they just sort of took off. And then I was reading that in my area, I actually would probably be better off growing them in containers and either bringing them inside in the wintertime and either letting them sort of go dormant um, that way or treating them just like a houseplant or at the very least keeping them in containers and putting them in a protected area inside my greenhouse um, where they would be out of the, the harshest of the winters because even though... Chicago hardy fig should be what it sounds like it you know it's grown in the Chicago area and therefore should be pretty hardy in areas like mine I've had a lot of people say in this area they've had a hard time getting them to survive the winters so when I was listening to this episode and I heard them talking about overwintering not just fig trees but also citrus trees small lemon and orange trees in the ground year-round like in zone four I was just shocked. So this is how they do it. They go ahead and let those, and I think they're probably referring to more of dwarf-sized trees. I know the Chicago hardy fig can stay fairly small, and there's a lot of dwarf or smaller um, citrus varieties. But you know, I, mean, I guess this could be done with like a full-size tree. Um, but what they're doing is they're planting those in the ground, and they're letting them do their thing throughout the entire year. But then as the temperatures start to get too cold... They chop the roots around at least half of the tree in the ground and and they're sort of scooping, you know, they're they're scooping out that whole root ball and they're leaning the trees over on their sides on the ground. So, you know, half the roots are still intact in the soil to continue providing for the tree. But then the other part of the root ball is sort of up in the air and that whole tree is laid down on the ground. And some growers will tie the branches together and, and sort of wrap them up before they lay them down on the ground to make it easier. But then once it's down on the ground, they're burying these trees in mulch. They're covering them with straw or hay or or whatever mulch they prefer to use, and they're just basically tucking them in for the winter. And then they leave them. And then come spring, when everything starts to warm back up again, they clear off the mulch, and they lift the tree up, and they put the roots back into the ground again, and they tamp down the soil, and then on they go from there. 
I am fascinated by this. So even though I don't think I'm going to try this with citrus, I think I really do want to opt for having a couple of small citrus trees in containers in the house. Um, I tried a Meyer lemon before for my husband. It didn't go very well for me, so I'm going to try that again. And then there's another little dwarf um, orange that I want to try as well. But I'm seriously considering trying it with one of those Chicago hardy figs and kind of do a comparison between the two. You know, have one in the in the greenhouse and or one that I move in and out and then one that I have out in the ground. I think they're self-fertile. I have to go double check that. I... Um, if they're not self-fertile, then I'm going to have to get two more. Oh, gee, darn, what will I do? <laughs> um, but yeah, I am super fascinated by this. So if you're somebody who lives or gardens in a much colder climate and and you have successfully done something like this or you know somebody who has, please reach out to me and let me know. I, I, I don't know anybody who has done this. I really am interested in some firsthand sort of experiences from somebody um, to see how well it's gone and, and anything that I can learn, you know, tip and trick wise, because I think this might be my next experiment next year. I mean, you know how I am about experimenting in the garden. Why not do it with a fig tree, right? Right. <laughs> All right, you guys, I know this is short and sweet and down and dirty, but I appreciate you coming by today. I hope the episode answered a few questions for you and maybe gave you a little bit of inspiration. So until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and we'll talk again soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. For more information about today's topic, head on over to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com for all the episodes, show notes, blog posts, discount codes, and more. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter while you're there. You can also head to Facebook and join a community of other gardeners asking questions and sharing their experiences in the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. And if you want to support this show even further, head to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething to find out how. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning, keep growing, and we'll talk again soon.